Jaffa the Productions presents In Conclusion We Digress, the best hour of your life you'll never get back. Welcome back to episode four of In Conclusion We Digress. Happy to be with you guys. Hope you guys are staying healthy and being well. And I hope you guys have enjoyed some nice weather. I hope you guys are getting outside. And New York has been really nice. I know it's 70 degrees today. It was 65 yesterday. Hope you guys are really enjoying getting out and getting some fresh air. And it was 69 yesterday. Nice. It was. It was nice. nice. <laughs> 2 p.m. specifically yesterday. I mean, I'm not a meteorologist, but... <laughs> Already. But I am a Virgo. <laughs> well, very strong start to episode four here. And joining me, as always, are the boys from the Upper East Side. We have Mike, Kyle, and Pat today. Guys, how we living? Happy May. Yeah, happy May and uh, loving it, enjoying this weather. And we spent quite a bit of time outside yesterday, and Pat got very burnt, which is very on brand for his Irishness. So, the process. Yeah. Well, your process is garbage, and it's already not working, so I don't think you should trust it. Mike can confirm for all of our Oh, my listeners. God, yeah. So, Pat needs just all of the aloe. Uh, if we have a shipping address on any of the social media, you can send whatever aloe products you have to, him. to us. That would be, yeah. that'd be fantastic. I really The, the burns Jokes. are maybe second degree at this point. <laughs> Joke's on you, as if... If you don't think I have just so much aloe in reserve, you need to start howieing like everything, like sun bad, <laughs> just taking the sunscreen tube and coating your insides. Ew. Just eat the sunscreen. <laughs> I already, I already attack Girl Scouts with a plastic sword, so that actually might be. <laughs> so, we didn't get about a lot at the mid side of the sword attack, Pat. You failed miserably. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> all I'm gonna say is this is really, this is really nice, guys. Uh, it's been a while since I've gotten to talk to all of you at, you know, in the AM of a Sunday since the last time we did a group spoon. I do. Uh, for the record, we're really not good. spooning right now. Just for <laughs> for the record, for all so, of the listeners. Well, so I think Dan should Dan should be allowed to introduce the last member of our, of our squad. Today. I was going to say I think we have to get Carl here because Carl's been patiently sitting there listening to this absolute bullshit going on right here. <laughs> how's, how's it going, man? How's how's life? It's pretty good. Uh, yesterday I only got half sunburnt because I am half Irish, so not as bad as Pat. Wait, is today, it like half? your entire body is half or like half of your body it's like directly in half if you like use painter's tape and edge me off oh, okay like that's what it that's what it would look like okay but today's awesome i got the windows open apartment to myself my girlfriend went on a drive so we're doing good very nice and, and obviously some new uh plant additions as you told us earlier getting the apartment looking nice and, and springy it seems Hell yeah. My Oma gave me four plants and they need to be repotted, but I'll take care of that soon. What kind of plants? Whenever I can. Um, there, two of them are spider plants. Uh, one of them is a money tree and I do not even know what the last one is. I couldn't even guess. Is it, it like just, the long, thin, grief, green leafy thing? Is everything sticking straight up that you showed us? Thank you for this. No, it's, plant, the per, it's the purple one. The purple one. Oh, I the purple you. one. Okay. Yeah, okay. I have no idea what that is. Yeah, but they're driving. Good. We love we love we love a little change to the interior of the living space. It's uh, pretty crucial. Definitely. Yeah, and it's a nice air purifier too. It's always nice to have some some fresh plants coming in the the new season. Keep the the air smelling nice and fresh. That's good. Especially with photosynthesis butthole syndrome. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's tough. <laughs> LBS. Well, okay. with that, really excited to get into our, our topics here today. We're gonna actually focus our episode today on sports, as if you. Don't know our group at all. All of us are big sports fanatics in one way or another. And we're certainly going to try and tackle a lot of the the sports issues that have been facing our world recently with them all being affected in one way or another due to this pandemic. So really excited to jump in and and talk about all that. So I think we'll start with the sport that's probably most prevalent right now this time of year, which is baseball. Baseball should have started about a month ago. For me personally, I'm a huge baseball fan. It's my favorite sport. So I am deeply depressed that I can't sit down every night and watch my beloved New York Mets play losing baseball. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm glad you pointed that out yourself. I mean, at least you're honest about it. I will get more into my Mets fandom and how just it has taken years off my life. And that's some point, but 
we'll start today just talking about baseball in general. So I have a I have a baseball fact of the day. I have an on this day baseball fact. So we're going from Pat's facts to Kyle's facts. I love it. Let's well, go. Well, I just thought this was a good one, and it, it doesn't have the same very, it. It, No, it doesn't. It's a very iconic baseball player. So on this date in 1936. Joe DiMaggio made his Major League debut for the New York Yankees, recording three hits against the St. Louis Browns. He went on to win nine World Series titles and be a three-time Major League MVP. So I just thought that was cool. Shout out to Joe. And if anyone couldn't tell, I am a Yankees fan. Mike is also a Yankees fan. So we have two Mets fans, two Yankees fans, and Carl. Also to like just rub it more in for all the non-Yankees fans. I think yesterday, two days ago, the first was when uh, Babe Ruth, and Mickey Mantle hit their first home runs as a Yankee. Yeah, I think that's the, the one. It was, uh, and it was yeah, like 30 years apart. Yeah, they both hit their apart. first home runs as a Yankee on the same day, 30 years apart. Yeah, May 1st, I believe it was. Yeah, I think it was, it was May 1st. Are they also dunkers was, like Joe DiMaggio is? Wow, that was a Seinfeld reference way too early. In the yeah, that was, yeah, I didn't <laughs> like that. With that, so obviously baseball should be in full swing at this point, but of course it's not. Fun so intended. so I'm, I'm curious for all you guys who are baseball fans, or even Carl, I know Carl, you're not the biggest baseball guy, but just to have something to watch, I'm sure it's, it's nice to have some sports on TV. But I'm curious all your thoughts on what it's like to not have baseball or any sport really going on right now and how that's mm-hmm. affecting your life and the potential return of these sports. So anyone, feel free to start chatting sure. about it. I mean, I don't know. For me, it's just kind of baseball is kind of just a sign of, the changing of the seasons more. I mean, it, it always been, it's always been a top sport for me. It's always something I grew up watching. Um, opening day in particular has been, I don't know, it has a certain energy around it. I, I think most people would agree. And not having that this year, we definitely felt a little bit weird. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree completely. I feel like when you, as an American, when you see like baseball starting, it's like, oh, summer's coming, spring's here. And, and you know, being a New Yorker, it means that the warm months are coming and then that we might be done with all this cold crap, which does appear to be the case finally. Yeah, and, and I know to me, it sort of schedule, you know, it signals the end of basketball is another sport that I like. It signals that season's going to wind down and the hockey season's going to wind down and that we are coming to this point where we get beautiful weather and how many baseball games on TV baseball every, every day. Yeah, there's always something to watch. And I think that's been big, at least for the three of us. I mean, when we sit down and watch dinner every night, it's kind of like, okay, straight to Netflix. When at this point, I mean, in recent months, we've been watching a hockey game every night or we throw the baseball game on or, you know, Steven's sitting around on the weekend. Sometimes I can convince these guys to watch soccer. So it's, it's been weird to not have, like, the, the energy of baseball growing up with it, especially now living in Manhattan as a Yankees fan. What, four stops from Yankee Stadium? on the four train so yeah it's definitely been different and i'm i'm curious to see how the mlb will get around to straightening this out and i think it could be a very interesting season because i think it could lead to the permanent shortening of the season i do think that that's a real possibility just coming out of this um Which i don't know whatever how everyone else feels about that but 162 games quite long so i, it's, I think it's, it's too much baseball it's a week-long camping trip yeah. I, don't know, I, I have kind of like a polarized opinion Intense. about like the lack of, you know, like I think baseball has always been a part of the American culture, you know, through the wars and whatnot. It's always been like, you know, patriotic and it's unifying. Like you said, it's the start of the better weather. And, you know, as a Yankee fan, the start of the season is always, you know, it brings a lot of hope and joy, like a lot to look forward to for the next six, eight months of sports, really. Because you have, it kind of fills that, that lull in sports. You have that overlap between hockey football basketball where you get a lot of sports going for a while and then equinox you have baseball which i think if baseball occurred during any of that other stuff it would be just too much because there is so much baseball going on in any night but i also sort of think that without opening day you know with that with everything that's going on and i speak specifically to mets fans orioles fans you know padres fans that the opening day is also the last day of hope for a lot of those people and <laughs> the, the marlins you forgot the marlins i forgot uh, those poor people you need to the give them sympathy opening day and here's the first pitch and, and the season's the over season's over, over. Oh, family guy yeah but i think to what kyle was saying to see how they finish the season um i really like the idea of these realigned divisions that they have and I just does this really affects this this really affects us. Um, the Eastern Division is they're proposing that it would be the Orioles, the Red Sox, the Marlins, the Mets, the Yankees, the Phillies, the Pirates, the Rays, uh, the Blue Jays, and the Nationals, which would be really cool because I'm I'm a hockey fan, so that's sort of how hockey is divided up, more like in a regional sense. So it allows 
for crosstown rivalries. I know Dan has been trying to perpetuate a rivalry between the Mets and the Yankees that just doesn't exist <laughs> and has for as long as I've known him. I think it's just some, you know, some hatred from World Series loss. But uh, And this would be one of would like three divisions? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, we won three divisions. There'd be a, a an Eastern division, which would be what I just told you. There'd be a Western division, which has a crap load of teams that nobody cares about, including. But then you also have the Dodgers and the Astros mixed in there. And then you'd have a Central division with another crap load of teams that nobody cares about, except for the Cubs, the Indians, Cardinals, probably. But so you get a lot of good crosstown rivalries. You get a lot of uh, really good. You'd, you'd see, you know, us Mets versus Yankees. How many times would you see that? Even in a shortened hundred game season, you'd probably get what ten games. Mets Yankees when you, you get four, uh, well, if you're lucky. I think I think the pro, uh, the proposition was to be you you only play teams within your own localized. So each of the three divisions, you're only playing teams within that division. So I guess just to limit. Travel. Travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a lot of games for versus each team in the division. There's so many Mets-Yankees games, which would be fantastic. I know there'd be no fans. Going to a Mets-Yankees game is always really fun because there's a lot of Mets fans that travel from all over and sit in the bleachers and try to pretend like they the seven-line army is an actual thing. And then there's just angry, fat Italians who throw shit at them and, like, Dominicans from the and Dominicans from the Bronx who like are swearing at them in Spanish, so it it you know uh, it's a good showing for you guys. It, it's cute. It really is. It's adorable. We're, we're, so it's, we're actually supposed to be pretty good this year. Okay, ESPN had us ranked eleventh <laughs> our ranking. So wow, what, watch your NL? step. Watch your step. Well, I was so, on, on a serious note, this is like the first time in a lot of years that, to Pat's point, the Mets. I mean, the Yankees. Obviously, I think going into the season before all this happened, we're probably the favorite to win the World Series. I mean, they're just... Per, per, for yeah, Vegas, they were even odds with the Dodgers to win the World Series. Well, their yeah. strategy is throw money at, you know, whoever has whoever the highest... Oh, I'm sorry. How much money are you paying Yohannes Spesvitas and uh, Robinson Cano again? Oh, my God. Robinson Cano was having a great year last year. You know what? Robinson Cano makes as much money as Glaber Torres, Aaron Judge, and I believe Gio Urshela combined. He also has been a great player. That combination over hit the over 140 home runs last year. He's also been a great player over the years, and Robinson Cano was having a great season until he got hurt. So. Listen, I love Robbie Cano as much as the next Yankees fan, right up until he left us after the World Series because they gave him $10 million more in Seattle than they did in New York. $10 million. Well, money talks. Money does talk. $10 million is the, a lot the, of money. The Seattle Mariners haven't had a winning season since when? They, they actually had the best won. season. Didn't they have they like had the, the best season ever and then lost in the first round. <laughs> the best stat in the history of, of baseball which is, is that which they is had why the, the season ever should, and that a loss in the first round. Which is why they should – just evidence for the way the season should be should be this long. But a cr- a criminal, a, It's a criminal act that Ichiro Suzuki never won a World Series. It is a criminal act. And I blame not the whole city of Seattle, but whoever owns that team. That goes into the loyalty argument, like where these really good players feel loyal to teams and like you get pissed at them for – for leaving or you get pissed at them for staying like i'm no i'm not pissed at each other i'm pissed at the franchise for never being able to build around somebody who was arguably the best player in baseball years and years and years in a row that's what's gonna happen to mike trout well it's already happening mike trout's yeah. career as far as except, i'm concerned he's never gonna win a world series the angels are never gonna get shit together except mike trout is making just fuck you money right now <laughs> i mean yeah but the thing is other teams offered him fuck you money that would have been competitive the Nationals would have been competitive. The Yankees offered him a contract. I do believe that the Braves offered him a contract. Somebody, somebody down south offered him a contract. I mean, why would like, you want to play for those teams, though? But why would you want to stay for play for that? Oh, that other team in LA. No, I have a personal bias against those teams you listed. So yeah, fair. I would but, rather have a pitcher. I'd rather have Garrett Cole than uh, than Mike Trout. I'll be honest with you. We have plenty of guys who can hit the ball. We have plenty of guys who can hit the long ball. No, it's also the come to the Yankees. You have plenty of guys. Yeah, he's gonna hit like he hit sixty home runs. Fence. I'm sorry your stadium was made too big and you had to make it smaller after realizing you had no pitching. Sorry if you guys scored two runs a game that uh, Jacob DeGrom would have like a 30-win season, but you couldn't even accomplish that menial task. (laughs) Just so you know, Jacob DeGrom hasn't even come close to like even 15 wins. So that's where you're wrong. That's what I'm saying. It's criminal. If if you guys had been able to score like two runs – in every game that he pitched, he would have had like a 25 win season. I, yeah, would he won like Young. Tw- upwards of 20 games? Hold on, <laughs> First Dan, of all, Dan every, definitely knows. I was going to say, his, his two Cy Young years combined, he's one for those who aren't aware, Jacob DeGrom is the best pitcher in baseball. I think fact. that's not even. Yeah, that's a fact. That. But he's won Cy Young the last two years for the National League, and he, I think, has a combined 
20 or 21 wins over the last two years, which usually if you win the Cy Young in one season, you have over 20 wins in one season. I have 20 wins, yeah. So that goes well, to except- how anemic the Mets offense is when he pitches. <laughs> that like, just says how point. lights out he is. I well, mean, that's, like, true. that's true, too. To what that was point, his ERA? I mean, Wasn't it in the ones? Yeah, 2018, he had like a 171 or something, and then oh, like, he had like a 2-2. Two, two. No, it's disgusting. Those are bullpen numbers. Well, only the, it's only the, the real hard, hard-nosed boomers who measure like, pitching success based on wins and losses. That's the only people who really care about that. I, I measure success based on ERA uh, and whip, and I think those are the, the two most important. And strikeouts, I guess. That's yeah. a really Matt's thing to say. I think strikeouts <laughs> it's a real, are... It's an it's a, it's a informed baseball critic can I make say. it? Can I make it like a hot take for a second? Okay, boomer. I, boomer. I understand the whole thing with with strikeouts in baseball and why everyone's really pissed off at Aaron Judge for striking out a million times a year. Just question for for me. Aaron Judge has the season he had last year. Strikes out that many times. What if he ground out a third of those times? Would that have been a better season? Yes. Yeah. Because you're putting the ball in play technically. Um, also, ground gr- ground outs also have the potential to, to for RBIs. That is true. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like an outs and out, and he's getting too much. I feel like we're focusing on strikeouts, and we're like, wow, look at all these hitters. They can't hit anything all of a sudden. It's like, no, these pitchers are just amazing now. And the stuff that they're throwing, when, I mean, like, look at Verlander. When he throws that slider and the bottom falls out of it, who the hell is going to hit that? <laughs> Steroids. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, I mean, sign stealings, sign stealing. It's far easier. Ask the Astros. Yeah, the Astros are a good team, but that, that's one thing that I think is actually really depressing about what's been going on and how baseball has now been at least temporarily canceled is that the Astros don't get to go on their shame tour. Like, that's, that's just terrible. Like, yeah. and I know for, oh, we're going. Guys, we're going. Do you want to, which, okay, so I feel like we should, okay, so they're playing the Yankees and the Mets, the Mets this year. Play the Mets this year. We're not going to get to go this be. year. But Assuming the divisions don't. See, no, no, no. We're not going to get to go see any baseball this year. It's not going to happen. No. Next year, when we can see a baseball game, can we go to as many games as possible just to boo the Astros? Because the 2017 New York Yankees were fucked out of a world championship. And I will Agreed. never, ever believe anything other than that. No, you're right. That's are too clear. Yeah, you think- uh, go stand outside of the stadium now when they're playing next and boo them from outside the stadium. Oh, people will. Yeah, yeah. it will happen. Just get They've a megaphone. I think the odds on what was the it was the over under for players hit in the season this year was like eighty three. I think it was a hundred. Was it a hundred? I thought it was eighty three. I thought it was one person every other game. I mean, it's right. it's warranted. They they screwed the Yankees and also the Dodgers. The Dodgers, yeah. A World Series too, like that. Both teams were more deserving and, of it. I think the Yankees were obviously the Astros were a good, well constructed team. Like, I can't take that away from them. But, but when you bat one fifteen on the road and four hundred at home, the Dodgers would have found out a way to choke it, choke it away. Oh, Don't of worry. course. Yeah, of yeah, course. I agree with Pat on that one. It's eighty three and a half is the over under. Yeah, that's so what Pat I was, was correct like in the eighties. Like, well, it's one person every other game, basically. I would hammer the over on that. I would just oh, yeah. hammer yeah. the over on that. The, I think I they're going to get eighty three like times in hundred games. I was looking at the the betting and like where the money's going and people. I mean, like people. No one is taking the under. No one. And they're like, even I'm, if the MLB steps in, like people will keep throwing at them. It doesn't matter. You suspend a pitcher for one start in the middle of the season, he's probably going to be like, good. I needed the rest. With these new divisions, the biggest thing that's going to suck is not having any fans there because that's pretty much what the MLB said. Like we do this, and there's going to be no fans, so you're not going to be able to do that. You're going to be like booing through your TV, and it's going to be a lot of Twitter trolling. But this is the hate's gonna have to last a full year into the next year, which I don't think that we have the capability of doing. I think people just aren't gonna care as much no, by that. Will. I mean, there's still gonna be a lot of hate. Like, obviously, people will still give Tom Brady shit about like the Flake Gate and the Spy Gate still comes up a lot, or I don't know, whatever other big cheating scandals have happened. But that over was the years. never. That was a little. Da, 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 da. The league admitted this happened. Right. This yeah. is concrete done. People have been thrown out of baseball for this. Baseball's this is getting different. soft, though. No one's ever going to get – Oh, they're, they're so soft. I think they, they shouldn't give the players any amnesty. They should have thrown the book at them. I am curious, though, to hear, like, uh, you know, I was a wrestler, so I'm used to not having any fans come to my events. But Carl was, like, a high-level athlete, so I'm, I'm curious to hear, like, what you think about that. Because you, you played soccer at a pretty high level. Like, you were going to go to college to play soccer, so you, you know what it's like to be very good and have people there. Well, as an athlete, what does that feel like? I know your sisters, you know, are all high-level Division One athletes. What, um, what do you think? So, man? just a quick overview. My whole family is pretty much um, high, big into sports. Like, I have three sisters. They 
they all play lacrosse and field hockey. I myself played soccer. Um, I played all year round on multiple teams. And I honestly don't know what to expect without um, sports fans. I know for me, just getting reactions from the crowd, like if there's a missed pass or uh, an attempt on goal and you miss, that, like just having that energy from the crowd like heightens and intensifies the game. So um, I don't think it's, I don't think the game is going to be played the same not having fans at the stadiums watching. I feel like it's going to be a little uh, slower paced. What do you yeah, guys I mean, think? I know, I know that they, they have had a handful. I don't really remember how many, but the leagues in Europe, um, I'm a big soccer fan for anybody listening. The European leagues and the Champions League did play a few games behind closed doors. And, and I, from what I noticed, at least from the game that I watched in the Champions League, which is obviously the higher level, it's the highest level you can, you can get to. And these teams are really unbelievable. And there's always so much pace and just people are pissed off at each other because it's, it's, you know, it's a double elimination tournament. So it was, it was slower, I would say, objectively. You can still see there was a lot of drive and they were still pushing and they were still actually into their game plan, but it was slower. Even games that should have been like a little chippy, a little rough, weren't. Some of the players that go in for harder tackles, I think clearly just like make a point in the stadium, weren't doing that. So I think it's going to change the dynamic of a game like a, like a soccer or a basketball. But to me, it'll have less of an impact on baseball because it's not consistent going the whole time. You know, one-on-one -on -one tackles, going to the hoop, going to the goal. I, I don't think it's going to be as good, obviously. But I feel like baseball is a fortunate sport in that it doesn't need, need, need the fans as much as some of these other sports do. Especially the Miami Marlins who are, you know, used to playing yeah. without people yeah. in the stands. 100%. Also, like, I feel that people, are, like these professional athletes are going to start sticking to the basics more. Just from talking about my experience, I know I would do something more uh, scandalous, like try to go for nutmegs and like yeah. be a little more, more flashy. And now that there's no one to really impress, I feel like there's just going to be sticking to the basics, you know, like making sure your passes, your throws are accurate and uh, not as much uh, flash and that added to the game now. Well, I just wanted to quickly address uh, Kyle's point. I think you're right that the fans are probably more active in a sport like soccer or basketball where the action – or hockey even too. Like hockey, yeah. it's always – like something's always happening and baseball is definitely a slower sport. I, def I cannot deny that. It's, it's, yeah. it's more of a – it's a strategic. It's, right. It's, it's, yeah, it's it a strategy takes, game. But Good fans think, respect that. Yeah. I think with that said, though, when I, – I know for me, again, like, being at, like, a, a playoff game with the Mets, like, the Mets never make the playoffs, so the fans are just, like, crazy and, like, wanting yeah. something to happen. It's like, oh, it's time know, to like, care. Yeah, even, like, a, a first-inning strikeout is, like, exciting. Like, everyone is, like, super pumped up about it. Like, everyone, when it gets to strike two, is on their feet cheering. Like, I think it does help the players and increase that adrenaline. So I don't, I don't want to, I mean, I, I get your point totally, but I don't also want to say that the fan, the players don't feed off the energy from the crowd, like during those games too. I think it's. Yeah, no, they definitely do. I, yeah. I think that it does bring up like an interesting point too of, of fans, like specifically in the MLB, could less games bring more people or could maybe a couple tweaks here and there and format bring more people. So according to Bleacher Report, last year was the lowest total gate for MLB stadiums since 2003. Three with sixty-eight and a half million people. So um, close. Which I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> which brings the average game attendance to about twenty-eight thousand people a game. Uh, so then, just for for another fact for you, the top three attending teams were the Dodgers, the Cardinals, and the Yankees. So the Dodgers are drawing almost fifty thousand people a game. So they if they're going to make out. these, yeah, yeah, I'm assuming they probably sell out most games. Um, if they're going to make these changes, do you think there's anything they can do just by like sort of structure or maybe divisions or less games? Do you think that anything they can do that will bring the attendance back up? Because, I mean, that's slipping quickly. We've seen kind of like these attempts at trying to make the game, uh, I guess, more attractive to some younger fans. Because I think, I think right now, you know, it's kind of been more football and basketball, like the two things you see in the media most often, especially on like Sports Center or, or things like that. But I don't know. I think they just got to, it's always been, baseball has always been a popular sport. 
Um, we, we've seen things like, oh, pace of play rules to make the pitching quicker. Um, like things like video replay is also like things that are, have been added in. I, I, I don't know. I think, I think you just got to go back to it. It, it. it involves going back to your roots a little bit. I, I don't think trying to manipulate the game is going to necessarily make more people like it. Okay. Mike, what were you thinking? I kind of want to go back to like the, the division shuffle, right? So to the stats you're talking about, right, with Bleacher Report and how the attendance is down, the thing you really got to look at too is what teams draw when they're away, right? So yep. one of the biggest things I always look at for the Yankees is that the Yankees draw the most amount of fans as an away team, right? They can go to a place like the Marlins and they can draw 40,000 fans where the Marlins draw like 6,000 fans game, right? So maybe mixing up these divisions a little bit, putting some more of these powerhouse teams in with the lower tier teams would definitely draw fans or at least finding some way to work that AL NL schedule. So you're getting maybe like six games, let's just say uh, there. I mean, I don't, I love watching the Yankees play the Red Sox 17 times or like the Orioles, but, but when it's, you know, March and I got to watch the Yankees play the Orioles 10 times in six weeks, which I, again, I love because my girlfriend is a huge Orioles fan and it, provides for just crapping on her team for and they've lost 223 games in the last two years yeah they're just hot garbage they really are but the thing about it like i'd rather see the yankees draw fans for someone like the marlins right play them against the marlins two games right in the beginning of the season it, it just maybe just take what games are already on the books and just right. try to sprinkle them in there because you know yeah the dodgers the yankees the red sox now the astros are definitely going to pull a lot of fans because people are going to want to go just to boo them sprinkle around those top tier teams and it sounds a little bit unfair but if you're trying to save a game that's being they're never going to have the draw like basketball has the flash right these guys are talking shit on the court you can hear it the celebrities are all there they're social media personalities they're dating celebrities in football they're just out of their mind from cte and other crap and they context. run their mouths and they're yeah. and they're context weird stuff yeah uh, even hockey, like hockey, there's always something going on. You get 20 minutes of action with a little break and then 20 minutes of action. With something's also, happening. you can People literally have a fist fight. Yeah, you can literally it's, fight. It's people. a smaller, yeah. it's, it's universally a smaller market, but the fan base is very niche and fanatic, I would say. Baseball has like nine minutes of action. So if yeah. you look at the percentage breakdown per broadcast, football and baseball are just incredibly to one side. Basketball, almost the entirety of a basketball broadcast, what is it, like 90 minutes to two hours is, you know, it's the 40 minutes a game. It's, but hockey, it's almost 50%. Soccer, I think it's like 60 or 70% of the broadcast. Covers yeah, baseball if not more, I would minutes. be shocked. It's, baseball is like sub 10% of the broadcast is actual ball and play action. So that, it is hard to garner support of people but if you can get people interested in going to games which i think really helps just watching every game on tv i think is a lost art i know people like dan and try to watch a lot of the games on tv like that was something my grandpa used to do score it there's a different love for it like that got my grandpa through the depression so like i think that there's a different <laughs> there's you know, a different type of love but that's actually a, uh, that's a really good point because that brings me to kind of what i was going to say about just baseball but I guess sports in general I think to my point before I think for New York specifically which has been so hard hit by this pandemic I think the fact that both the Mets and the Yankees were projecting to be good again brings a lot of hope brings a lot of reasons for optimism and to your point too about you know your grandpa and having baseball kind of be a, an outlet of sorts during such a terrible time during the depression baseball has been something that's always there for the people when they're going through a tough time yeah look at the depression you look after wars you look at I know in New York specifically, look after 9-11, the Yankees and Mets coming back and being able to kind of lift the spirits of everyone who had just such an absolutely terrible week. I think that's something that is so important to people and something that, again, can remove you from what's going on in life and give you that little sense of just joy um, in the time that's obviously so tough. I think that's really the most important thing, even if you know, there can't be fans for a while or whatever the case may be. I think just having baseball or, you know, again, sports back in general is something that's just so important. Yeah. Actually, who... I do want to hear from about this is, is Tom, Tom, any, even quiet. Yeah. Cat got your tongue um, or lizard gecko, whatever the fuck you bought. It's a gecko. It's a gecko. Okay. It's now it's a chameleon. It's a chameleon. <laughs> Remember it's grounded. It's not allowed to change colors.
No, I thought it was a rainbow one. I thought we decided it was a gay. No, that was no, that chameleon. was when we were talking about lizard genitalia, and I don't think we need to. Go back. <laughs> you don't want to go back down that that wormhole. I, I kind of want to like deep dive into what's going on with the NCAA eligibility rules. I know this really affects you, Carl. Like it affects your family. Like what's going to happen? What's up with your two sisters who are playing in the NCAA? One of your sisters is a senior. Is she going to come back for another year if they were to give that to her? What are the schools doing financially? Because a lot of kids are on scholarship. Like, you're going to have to pay for your, your fifth year because they didn't plan on this. Like, I'm, I'm very curious what's going on. If you can kind of give us a look into what's going on at your house, at least. Right. So, basically, my, my, uh, one of my little sisters is a senior. I'm not going to name the college. Um, but she is receiving a scholarship for uh, playing lacrosse. And she's very upset that her season is basically canceled. She only got a couple games in and she was on track to win like athlete of the week first the first week and like all these like she was projected to have a great season and she's just absolutely crushed that she's not able to play like her senior year personally like I believe that if they were to offer her another year of eligibility my sister has such a love for the game that she plays I 100% believe that she will continue her education like get a master's degree in something just so she continued to play. But like, I'm not really sure what their plans are right now as far as the NCAA, like making their decisions. And also I have my youngest sister, she's a freshman. I'll leave the college out, but that's a division one college. And she's starting games as a freshman. And that's pretty impressive in itself. And I just feel like she's not going to have a fair chance of winning records and holding titles for her college because her season was canceled. And that's, mm. that's not cool. like enough time to give her the chance to make up for those records. Yeah, Pat. Yeah. Well, the NCAA always, I think most people would agree have a very successful track record of making very well-informed decisions. Um, so I think <laughs> I can only imagine um, they will make the best one possible, especially in this case. So I know I that they have already granted they have already granted um, another season of eligibility to spring athletes um, because I know that a lot of the guy lacrosse players from Loyola were, were complaining about that. So I know that's coming. I think, I think it's interesting to see, you know, who takes it up. Like you're saying, your sister, she wants, she just loves the game. She'd want to play. What's the financial aspect of it going to be? You know, at, the, at the moment, we certainly don't know that because it does depend on the colleges as well, because if they can't get the kids to come back to campus in the, in the fall, then they're loose on money as well. So the NCAA actually did answer that question a little bit. I mean, obviously it's broad because it has to do it. Colleges are taking a hit right now, obviously, and especially the bigger colleges that aren't making that money revenue from the sports. Obviously March Madness was a huge hit to the NCAA. College basketball is a huge hit to the colleges themselves. What I'm looking at here is that they have actually adjusted the rules to allow teams to carry more members on scholarship to account for incoming recruits and student athletes who had been in their last year of eligibility and decided to stay for an additional season. So for people that aren't aware, you get X amount of scholarships. It's actually very interesting. My cousin used to be an assistant athletic director for University of Delaware crap football program, but they still have to worry about things like this. You can only give X amount of scholarships to X amount of kids and there's half scholarships and quarter scholarships and, weird academic packages that they have to put together. And it's really a very interesting science. If you want to do a deep dive on your own, we're certainly not intelligent enough to talk to you about it, but it is going to be interesting to see, right? Because they're going to give you the ability to have all these players, but what teams are going to be able to do it? Are they going to do a, uh, I know they, for basketball, they talked about like a summer tournament, possibly like an NCAA style summer tournament. Is it going to be a shameless money grab or kids going to want to play? We've seen a lot of, potential five-star recruits coming out of high school decide they want to go to the G League because they're not even sure what what basketball prospects they're going to have. Is football going to kind of have a different outlet maybe to get to the NFL now if we see a cancellation of the NCAA season? Uh, I'm, there's a lot of unanswered questions that I want to hear because, yeah, the NCAA is great. They put out like a one-page response on what they want to do to solve this problem, but that doesn't look at a case-by-case basis schools the bigger schools are always going to have it like your dukes your uncs are always going to be fine but the smaller end schools what are they going to be able to offer their student athletes for another year and is it just going to bury these programs yeah you you just uh said what i was going to mention i was going to say that yeah the ncaa will allow like um different eligibility but like 
some colleges may not be as better off as others. So like, how would you like, it's not like you could force them to participate in these tournaments and stuff if they like don't have the finances to do so. Cause they do cost money to get into those tournaments. There's like a, a, yeah, a fee, there's an entry fee from the colleges, which I believe is handled by the league. And then there's also the breakdown. Like teams can buy slots. That's why sometimes you see certain divisions in basketball have so many slots uh, in the NCAA tournament, obviously from being good, but also because, there are leagues that make a lot of money and can afford to buy out some of those slots. Cause it, yeah. some places get one. Like we were, we were in the, the Mac conference where we went to that's school. The, that's and a, that's, that's like the a, Mac with two A's by the way. Uh, yeah. Not the good, yeah, not the one. The, yeah. Not the, the one. Double the Mac. Yeah. It was a, we got a play in game, even if you won the league and those are, so it, it all depends on the financial aspect. Cause the NCAA as Pat says, always, makes smart, informed decisions and never does anything on the basis of money or publicity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that for, for Loyola, it's, it's one thing because I don't want to publicly talk shit about my alma mater, but they clearly financially overextended themselves and built a beautiful gym facility in the early 2000s and then built a, our stadium facilities unbelievable and it was all this trouble to go through it. We have a huge, you know, we see 10,000 people and it's beautiful and it's fantastic, but at the end of the day, like Loyola's big sport is lacrosse, and lacrosse is not exactly a big money thing. So for us to offer our seniors these scholarships is like all well and good, but who knows if we're going to be able to afford it, or it, you know if the NCAA is going to be able to help the, the squad out. So I, I th- I'm hesitant and very nervous, at least for my alma mater's number one sport. Um, also, just uh, taking a step back from sports, like with colleges and their finances like some colleges are getting lawsuits like brought up against them because they're they're trying to charge the same prices while having hosting classes on zoom and it's like not the same so i'm just curious like how they how they plan on yeah. um making it up to like even like non-students that got their senior year taken away from them basically like they they deserve to have something made up for them like another year of eligibility or something you know they are getting so I know a lot of them are getting room and board back. Like I know members of my family who were in college. But. Yeah, yeah, because you can't justify that. Yeah. yeah, room and board is peanuts. Like a lot of these colleges. Think about some of the colleges just in our area. It's like a four thousand, five thousand dollar check. Yeah. Yeah, it's a four or five thousand dollar check, which again is a ton of money. But if you're going to a private college, your education alone may cost ten percent to 50, yeah. yeah, forty to fifty thousand dollars. So if you're paying theoretically twenty, twenty to twenty five thousand dollars for a semester, and you're taking a Zoom class. Not, not that all classes are enthralling, and as someone who self-proclaimed slept through way more money's worth of class than should ever admit to his parents. Yeah, Pat has plenty of video evidence of that. We took from one, the one class from the together, one class and I, was, together. <laughs> I was unconscious for maybe 65% of that class, and it was chemistry, too. So yeah, You don't think balancing chemistry equations was fun? No, me and Carl had uh, statics together, so. That was it. <laughs> I obviously scored better than Pat did, just for the record. <laughs> for those of, for those of you at home who don't know, uh, Pat and I are uh, engineers, and one of the first classes you take as an engineer is statics. It involves balancing of forces uh, in the two dimensional format. Nerd shit. Yeah, it's it's very nerdy. Nerd and shit. For everyone else here, Kyle, Dan, and Carl were business majors, uh, and yeah. they took something called statistics, which, although maybe in a quick passing, Genetically sounds, sounds similar. similar. Sound very sounds similar, right? I'll, I'll give you that if you if you're drunk, uh, it, right? It, if you're drunk or deaf, um, but the <laughs> very, very different types of classes. So when going through our schedule, I believe this was what, this was second semester freshman year. We were talking about what classes we were taking and Carl goes, oh yeah, I'm taking that one too. In reference <laughs> to Pat and I's statics class, which we proceeded to have a field day with because I, I'm actually not really hundred percent sure what statistics is. It's like a lot of, be- it's like being counting a- arithmetic, right? It's like, what, what yeah. is Interpretation of data is how I would put it. It's interpretation of data. Interpreting a data set, yeah. I think at one point in time, Pat actually drew out a summation of the forces problem for Carl and asked him to solve it to see, like, if he could help him with his homework. Solved it perfectly. Carl Carl just took all the forces and circled them and then put plus signs in between them and said, look, here you go, summation of forces. But (laughs) this this, this was in true Matt Matt Damon fashion. It was 100% correct. and. He didn't even have to show his work. <laughs> this was back when we were really fucking with Carl. This was uh, similar around the time when you had us uh, correct your term paper and we put penis 
much randomly. Yeah, you guys, you guys actually <laughs> fucked me over with that because I would. And then at the end, like they would, they one time they said that they didn't even put anything in my paper, and I read it thirty times over. So I just wasted that much time looking for the word penis in my report. <laughs> so, really, so really, we helped you. It's like the training wheels of looking through your paper and seeing if all the content is correct in there. Also, control F is a thing, bud. <laughs> <laughs> This was before you, my skills. How did I kind of control F and I would spell it with like two E's or like two I's in order you to control evil F. bastard. <laughs> Shit only Mike thinks about. Uh, verbal Jesus. meme. That's the most evil thing I could have ever imagined. Thanks, so, so, so back to, uh, to college sports. And I think that it makes it interesting what Mike said before when the NFL is now thinking about playing on Saturdays if uh, we don't have college football. Now, as someone who is a football fan, but is a more casual observer like American, myself. American football. American football observer. Proper football, you play with your feet. So, to me, here's my question. Why the hell does it matter what day you play on? If you can play during the week like you would, and then on Sunday, what good does it do you also playing on Saturday? Spreads well, the game it gives people something else to watch. Like, if there's no college football on Saturday, it allows, obviously, more teams to have, like, national coverage, which is good for more, Yeah, exactly. It's um, better for TV. Right. But it also and means also, I have to listen to Joe Buck twice as much, and it also means they're going to need more commentators, which are probably going to be worse. Well, not necessarily. I mean, they do – they each have their own – so every team is televised on Sunday, you know, locally, and they yeah. all have their own broadcasters. Well, the Devils have their own dedicated broadcasters. Dedicated to them. You can tell me how you feel well, about them. It will let you get a lot of out-of-market games. Like, they'd have to fill up those crappy out-of-market games that nobody even airs, like, like, like the Lions or the, or the Browns, like, who really get only local coverage unless they're playing a, a bigger team that warrants national coverage. So you're you going to get to see Sunday games out basically onto Saturday. You would have half the number of games. but one Football the, is the most unapologetic most league when it comes to telling a team that they suck and have no fans. Right, football will very quickly flex you out of a prime time game slot if they think that you're not a good option. Oh, it's also it's because it's all teams know this. The revenue, then why are they going to put you on yeah. a televised game? Yeah. Exactly, but some teams will live and die by like some sports will live and die by prime time games. Like Sunday night baseball, it could be a trash bag game, but they'll play it. Usually anyway. is. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, and I got to listen to fucking Jessica Mendoza for three hours. Well, blow my brains out. Coldest uh, takes in baseball. Oh, my God, so bad. At least you got A-Rod. Yeah, I think it'll be good. You'll get to see a lot of those out-of-market teams as a fantasy person. I think all of us here, Sus Carl, is, uh, is a Sands. fantasy. Sands. Sorry, I did that twice. Tommy. Well, <laughs> no, no, it's not Sands. It's Sans, but moving on. It's right, we get it. We get it. You yes. took French Sans. in high school and college. <laughs> Yes, I did. Uh, First of all, voulez, right. and that means would you like. And it literally means that phrase for anyone listening who uses that in any sexual context. It literally means would you like to sleep in the same bed as me? But the inflection. required. Back to football. Moving on from there, <laughs> moving back to sports. Um, hey, I, ha- I have a quick question. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hit us. Do you think if they move uh, broadcasting sports to Saturdays, that is better because Saturdays are for the boys and it'll just make that day more special. Like, what do you think? It could be rowdier. It It can be, yeah. Saturday, NFL football at bars, like day drinking. Let's let's ease up with the bars there because I don't think we're going to be watching very many things at very many bars during football season. But that is true. I just, I don't think we should assume that that's going to happen i think i think it'll be cool to be able to like video chat people and watch the games for two days as opposed to doing fuck all knows what on saturday maybe watching one baseball game i do think it's a good idea if they're going to spread the games out but if they're going to move them from sunday to saturday that seems dumb that's what i'm saying it's for for avid fans of of football they want as much football as possible so they're they're spreading the game they're spreading it makes sense yeah, no, I, I think it makes sense, but I'm, I'm saying if you're going to take all your Sunday games and just move them to Saturday. So there'd be Saturday and Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I mean, that I'm, that I'm here for. I, I'm, I don't know. No, because the NFL – Not my sport, so I have less they, of an opinion, obviously. The NFL wants to tap into that college um, market because there's, like, so many fans. Like, you look at, like, Alabama, for example. Alabama is, like, God down there. Like, the they Alabama probably have more fans than the Lions. Yeah. 
So like the NFL wants to try and get those fans who could potentially be missing out on that team and try and bring them into Mm -hmm. the NFL. um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, we we need we need more we need more fans who are potentially sleeping with their own cousins. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Why? Why would you do this to me? Why would you do this to us? There's also a lot of Chads and Brads who are really into college football. Uh, We're from, you know, we live in New York City, so going to a bar on a Saturday is a Russian roulette as to whether or not it's going to be a rowdy college football bar. And as non-college football fans here, I mean, I'll watch the national championship, the bowl games, that's fun, but I'm not going to check out the the Florida Georgia game, you know, week 13 of the or week 12 unless of the I'm, college football unless, season. Unless I'm putting money on it, which I'm newsflash, not. Yeah. Yeah, we so, don't have okay. that kind of capital laying around. No. I can back up my claim that Alabama football is bigger than Detroit, than the Detroit Lions. Alabama football on Instagram has 911,000 followers. The Detroit Lions have 704. Oh. Well, that's like the Bengals. The Bengals had 481 or 471,000 followers. And I so think Alabama like Joe, has Joe, twice Joe, as many Instagram followers as the Bengals. Yeah, Joe Burrow, I think, has twice or three times as many Instagram followers as the Bengals. Yeah, I saw that. It was very funny. So here's the other question, too, about the NFL this year. Do you think if Burrow starts off really well and they start off, let's say, I don't want to say as a good team because they won't be, but if they start off as like an average team, do you think the NFL flexes them to a uh, primetime game at some point? I think they might anyway, just to see, especially if it's a, against a matchup with potentially more, you know, other rookie quarterbacks. I think. Uh, but they play the Browns? Are they in the same division as the Browns? No, right? It's Bengals. Oh, they are. And just like, and, uh, they like, are, but. Baker with protection versus uh, Joe Burrow. Well, I'm thinking also if they play like the Chargers, for example, who also drafted, you know, a rookie quarterback. Yeah, that could, that could definitely be something. I, I think it would be interesting to, uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how Joe Burrow does, you know, I'm. Cincinnati has been such a terrible team for so long. <laughs> they qu- yeah. weren't quite as terrible as the Browns, so they never really got the same amount of grief as the Browns were, but they've been they, they, so they, subpar for so long. They've been just steadily mediocre. And like, even when they had Andy Dalton, they would just they would make the playoffs and then just lose in the first round every year. So yeah. that's basically – that's essentially mediocrity. Yeah. That was the Ocho Cinco days. It's a stack division, like, you're on the, the top half. You're the third worst team – well, it's a stack division recently. Well, Steelers are always good. The Ravens for the last are pretty 20 much years, always good. It's been yeah. Steelers Ravens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Bengals were for a while there a consistent like first round exit in the playoffs. It's just the Browns that are just hot garbage and have not done a goddamn thing for the last twenty five years. I think if the Browns can get Baker Mayfield some protection, he can do something. Because when you have an average of one point four seconds before you're hit every single time the ball is given to you, what do you want the kid to do? Literally, that's not even enough time to figure out where people are and throw the ball. It's enough time to make a, th- a long throwing motion, but it's not enough time to read everything and then throw the ball, which is why he made so many bad decisions last year. And I'm a, I'm a Baker Mayfield. I'm, I got a lot of hope for him to be a good player, and I kind of want Odell to be good away from the Giants just to prove that Gettleman's a fucking moron. Odell's not going to be a Brown much longer. No, he no, demanded a trade, didn't he? Yeah, he's going to yeah, trade. Yeah, he demanded a trade. I wouldn't want to stay in Cleveland either. A, you have to live in Cleveland. Offense intended. And B, you have to live in Cleveland. Yeah, but that's how you get sent to some other shitty teams. Could it be worse yeah. than Cleveland, Ohio? Uh, yeah, they Cincinnati. refer to as the mistake by the lake and the river in, in Cleveland. The river has been on fire five times. The water, the body of water in the city has been on fire five times in history. That's highly concerning. It is, isn't it? Most recently as, this, as the, I believe, the 70s. I don't know. I can think of a lot of worse places to play football. Um, that's like a city. You could be playing in Green Bay. You'd be playing in Cincinnati. Okay, don't crap, crap, on, like, that's don't a crap on Green Bay. That's a, I'm that's not a crapping on Green Bay. Like, it's a temple of sports, but you also live in Green Bay, Wisconsin. But you don't live yeah, there yeah. in the summer. You're the owner of the team. You, money. you live in Green Bay. You, you live, live in there in the worst summer. time of the year. You live there during the winter when it's like negative 50 every day and you have to dress like you're going snowmobiling. You, could, you play for what is unequivocally, in my opinion, the best fan base in football. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd say they're one of the better fans. I mean, I'd say the Cowboys are probably the best fan base in football. Fuck you. Uh-uh. Sorry, guys. Oh, no. You're wrong. Can we mute him? Can mute him. Yeah, that's... I'm not, I, I, but I'm just saying, like, empirically... Having, the most, the, most having the most does not make you the best. That's a bullshit. Not make you the best. That is bullshit. They, probably, they have the most because they're fucking annoying. Like, there's like, oh, how about them Cowboys? You, you always find one of those fuckers in a bar somewhere. You guys can tell who the Giants fans are in this. 
<laughs> the Cowboys still don't have the best fans in football. I'm sorry. They don't. I think we can all agree Philly has the worst, though. Yes. That's, some, that, that's a in quality. Get yes. Yes. If you, if you were listening to this. Uh, Boston. Fan, Boston has the worst fans. No, Philly. No, Philly. God. Philly's the worst. Fuck you, Red Sox, I, Patriots. Have you ever been to a Philadelphia Phillies or an Eagles game? The, the people they are will, just the worst people. They will boo you for just the, the, the most. Mike, if you think you're a bad person, things. you haven't seen anything. I grew up an Eagles fan, so I'm, you're, you're all you all have a strike. All right. That's well, incorrect because I'm in charge of that. But with that, I think we should table our football discussion because obviously there's so much to get into, and we can talk about it like a lot more. When the season uh, gets closer, we will talk about it again. 100. We could do predictions and everything. But I, I think I actually have an important question that I want to pose to Carl because Carl is obviously not really as avid like a professional sports fan as like, the rest of us are. So I'm curious, Carl, from your perspective, let's say that they start bringing some of these sports back. I know, again, you're not particularly a fan of one or the other, but would you tune in? Like just to have something to watch. Like I'm, I'm curious. Like let's say like there's like a good baseball game on in a couple of weeks. Like would you actually tune in to watch it or just you have no interest whatsoever? So I I played sports all my life, not just soccer. I played lacrosse, uh, baseball. So the way I usually watch sports as if it's on and I'm home, yeah, I'll throw a game on. But if I'm out or at work, I'm not gonna just cancel my plans and say, no, I can't go have a drink with you. I have to go home and watch this game at this time. So I'm, I'm just more like uh, relaxed about it. Like I just like to just watch it whenever I'm with the boys or- The casual whenever, observer. The boys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like but like that. the one thing I do really like to watch is like, I try to be home for the World Cup because I am a soccer fan. Well, I'm sorry, that was hilarious. I mean, I was crying, but it was also at the when I look back on it, it's our incompetence is astounding, it's and I so can talk funny. about that for hours. Because of Trinidad and Tobago, right? They lost to a, a nation of so few people. Granted, the conditions were about as bad as they possibly could have been, but <clears throat> this is it's it's a very American example of we're trying to put the American stamp on something that the rest of the world does another way, very successfully, might I add. And we're deciding that, no, we need to do it this way, but that's incorrect. I could talk about U.S. soccer all day and I won't, but yeah, I agree with Carl. There's, there really is nothing like a big, even in any sport, like a big match, like the World Series or the World Cup, or that's a different level. And I'm sad that we're not going to have any big tournaments this year. We're supposed to have one in Europe uh, for soccer, but that's been pushed to next year. So, Well, that's something I wanted to quickly touch on as well. I think with all these sports being canceled, I think you look at, what was the middle of the season you look at obviously college basketball they canceled march madness you look at um nba they canceled mid-season nhl they canceled mid-season so i'm curious to hear your thoughts on how those seasons could potentially re resume you could talk about any of them or all of them and from that point how kind of a, a playoff structure would work and how you eventually crown a champion in those leagues basketball they have to vote right so basketball has to have a champion i don't think any of the other sports are required per their bylaws to have a champion yeah so basketball would have to vote and I know they've talked a lot about the Disney idea. I know MGM has offered them the Vegas Strip to finish the playoffs. But the biggest thing that they have is the NBA says they refuse to, like, remove people from their families. That was what they came out with and said yesterday. So I think a lot of those ideas are acts. It's looking a lot more and more like either a very late finish to the season, probably just like a playoff run in the summertime and then a late start to the 2020-21 season. Or you do the voting thing. So who would you guys vote for? I don't know. I mean, everyone's like, oh, it's going to be LeBron and the Lakers. Like, yeah, but I don't want to give him the satisfaction of another championship. I don't think that's the – it's just not the fair way to do it. I think I it that. doesn't matter. If you vote, it doesn't matter who wins because it's, it's never going to be legitimate. You're, you're, you're never going to be looked on as the actual champion. No. But I, I do think it's – it's. I mean, it's a, it's a two-team race at the end of the day. It's either going to be LeBron well, That's the way basketball has been. Yeah. Basketball has been a two-team race for the last, you know, 15 years, so. Yeah, but I also very fully believe that if you put Milwaukee, if you want to talk about the top two teams in basketball, and let's say we're, we're voting, objectively, if you put Milwaukee versus the Lakers in a seven-game series, I, I don't think Giannis can beat LeBron. Well, I'm just looking right now. So if you were to put it to a vote, if you base it solely on standings, the Bucks actually have a three-game lead in terms of, like, league standings over the Lakers. So they have the most wins. They're 53-12. and 12. The Lakers are 49-14. and 14. The Bucks, Bucks are in a significantly East. weaker division. Yeah. Right. 
but that, that that's kind of what my point was. I'm I'm wondering yeah. if it's to a vote and you kind of vote solely on oh well the Bucks had the most wins. Is that the fair way to do it? No, no. Why don't no, we go no, old school FBS like the old school FBS college football championship strength of schedule? You have the have how the, many the panel decide? Also, how many times in history, especially recent history, has the team with the best record ended up winning? Like almost never. Yeah, and, and that's in most Not sports, in basketball. Hockey yeah, first so. round exit for the Lightning last year. That was hilarious. Sweep. Bucks lost last year. They had the sweep. best record in basketball. Two and eight. Yeah, that's true. So, so okay. So we've decided the that the NBA season, if they have the crown champion in such a way, doesn't really matter because you'll never be the real champion. So I'll leave it to my three hockey people. Can you each crown me a champion for the NHL this year? Right now, no, don't, like, don't don't don't. If don't it goes through the playoffs, what's your prediction? It's, if they there have been the talks, there have been talks of an expanded playoff with, with at neutral sites with no fans. We, we will eventually get there. There have been meetings between Gary Bettman, who's the commissioner, and a lot of the the, G, the GMs and owners. And I think that's kind of what everything is gravitating towards. And I think ultimately that will, that's what will happen. You know, come July and August. So I think it likely will come to that. I mean, Gary Bettman has said like, oh. We're missing out on like the, the race, especially for the wild card teams who definitely make it interesting. So those are the lower tier teams yeah, yeah. who make it to the playoffs for, for those who don't know. And even last year, like a wild card team beat by far the best team in the first round, four games to, to nothing. So that's obviously very important. It's not something that should be dismissed just because of the times. So yeah, I think uh, an expanded playoff perhaps to even include some of the teams that were kind of on the bubble who were surging at the right time. Uh, I'm an Islanders fan, but I'd be... I'd be remiss if I didn't say that the Rangers were doing well down the stretch, winning tough games and doing well recently. So to that's the, the nicest comment bubble, I've ever heard yeah. you make about the Rangers. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> Don't get used to it. Don't want to get yeah. in your head. <laughs> so if they expand the playoffs to the teams on the bubble, I want each of you to give me who you you would predict to be the champion. I think so. My the smart smart me goes the Lightning, or mm-hmm. or maybe like Vegas. Mm-hmm. Like teams that are kind of are offensive powerhouses, but also you know play play well down to their own end. I don't know. You guys are gonna hate me on this one, but I think like the Bruins are like a really good Bruins. option. Bruins, well they have, well they have the best record. They've been playing the best. Yeah, so Bruins are the best. It's tough. I don't know this. That's the thing about hockey that I, I personally love about hockey. I think it's the one major sport. I think it's the one sport that you can reasonably say that the top like three or four teams will not be in like the the conference finals i think hockey is such an unpredictable I and mean, once you're there like anyone can win i think in like baseball and football and basketball even like the top teams usually advance the first couple of rounds like with sure. pretty decent certainty but yeah the past point like you could have the lowest wild card upset the one seed and be yeah, able to go on a look, nice run so look at the kings a few years back they were an eight seed they won the stanley cup right um, and then look at vegas they were an expansion team and they made it to the stanley cup their first year in the league so Definitely so if I, but what I'm trying to get out of each of you is a goddamn answer. Pick, who, who, so <laughs> if I put a gun to your head and you had to pick one fucking That's team, aggressive. who would it be? I think you um, see a Bruins. I think you see a Bruins Knights or um, you see like a Bruins Knights or Blues Stanley Cup, and then you get you got to give it to the Bruins. That's my prediction. Pat, what do you think? Uh, it's gonna pain me to say this. There's just so many powerhouse teams in the Metro Division. Um, I, I think it might end up being one of the Ugh, Capitals or Penguins again, even though I hate to say it. And, yeah. and, and uh, at least that way in the East and the West, it's kind of a little bit more of a crapshoot. Dan, what do you think? One team, gun to your head. I was going to say, I think I'm kind of in the same boat as Pat because I'm even looking at the standings here as, as the season was suspended and the Capitals have 90 points. The Flyers actually have 89 and then I know. the Penguins have 86. So I think it would probably actually be one of the teams out of the Metro because it's been such a competitive division. So I, I mean, I'll go with the, the top right now. I'll go with the uh, the Capitals. I think cool. they probably end up winning it, but I don't know. It, like I said, it's such an unpredictable sport, so you never could really know. But Let's do our last thing that we want to do on sports, which was our way too early Super Bowl predictions. Who is going to win the Super Bowl? This means nothing, and if you're right, all you are is clairvoyant. Uh, we're going to start off with Pat. Who do, you, who do you think? We'll win the Super Bowl. Way too early prediction. Don't take anything into account. Who's going to win it? Oof. Man, I mean, on the spot. Let's see. I, I don't know. I think the Ravens are just too talented not to at least get there. All right. So um, to address Pat's point, the but, Ravens are seven to one to win the Super Bowl. The Ravens the were second, going to be my pick as well. 
which even though it pains me to say, I haven't lived in Baltimore <laughs> so, for a so, while. Somehow the Patriots will get there again. <laughs> somehow. <laughs> with no, no There's a theory yeah. that they're tanking. I, I hear that the, there's talks that the Patriots might tank this season tank and try Trevor and pick up Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, yeah. And that would happen. Yeah, that would. That would happen. Which is fine because that, I think that's not that Belichick's the East, vocabulary. The AFC East is going to be the AFC East is actually going to be pretty good. I think that Miami might be okay this year. I think the Jets now have a little bit of a line. Plus, Le'Veon, I think, can maybe regain some of his Pittsburgh magic. Plus, now that Sam's got some time and maybe some targets, like Perriman, I think he's a good target. We got a couple receivers in the even, draft. I'll take that. Even if he and does. Then I think the, I think the Bills are going to be so. I think the Bills are going to win the AFC East this year. Yeah. So it's a perfect time for the Patriots to tank and just – To be terrible. And then pick up – So, so like Mike, who's your, or, who's your uh, Super Bowl pick? Um, I, my Super Bowl, my way too early Super Bowl prediction is the New Orleans Saints, who are 12-1. to 1. Cool. Dan, who's your way too early Super Bowl pick? It's actually funny that Mike said that because I was thinking the Saints too. I think Drew Brees – I was between the Saints Drew and the Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> if he can win, I think he'll probably – go out on top and they've been so close for a couple years and they got obviously fucked the year they played the Rams and had that awful pass interference call so I think they've been itching Mm -hmm. to get back and they deserve a championship so I would be slash Taysom Hill Uh, so I guess Carl if I could if I could bug you for your way too early Super Bowl prediction pick pick an NFL team just knowing nothing about what's going on this season yeah I yeah just uh just gonna go with the Giants just because you never know know with the Giants well informed sometimes they're terrible and sometimes they're also terrible the Giants are not the worst odds. They're sixty-six to one to win nice. the Super Bowl. Actually, better than the Jets, who are seventy to one. That's fair. the worst team. Is the, the worst team is the Danny Jaguars. Danny Dimes, baby. Danny Dimes. Jaguars are one fifty to one. Jesus Christ! But you have Gardner behind the exactly. I think, now, I think just the odds makers are like, all right, we don't have the boat on the team anymore, so all hope is lost. They haven't had the boat for two years. No, he was a backup last year, wasn't he? Oh, wait, I guess he... No, no, he was no, a he backup was. for the Rams last backup year. Backup for the Rams last year, I'm sorry. Those of you oh, who don't know, yeah. that's uh, Blake Bortles, Blake oh, of the Year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so there's our way too early Super Bowl predictions. We got uh, we got the, we got a Giants pick, which is always a good pick. We got some Rams, uh, or sorry, we got uh, we got the Saints, and then we got the Ravens. I think those are reasonable, well-informed picks. A, a question I want to hear everyone answer because it's overarching for all all sports right now. Obviously, there's nothing going on. So, so would you guys rather have sports back now with no fans and have these kind of messed up, you know, shortened seasons, like or right now, or rather just forego? the 2020 sports season, NHL, everything, just cancel it, just table it until things get better, and then be able to just start sports again when people can actually be in attendance. Like, you mean, like, short-term, like, you, just eventually coming back, whether right, it be like July if, or August? If, like, they were to say, all right, we can actually start hockey next week, but there's no fans for the rest of the season. Like, would you rather have that situation, or would you rather have hockey seasons canceled, and then we'll start again when fans can be in attendance? Um, I think, I've, I don't know, I'd rather sports back, but that's obviously the selfish answer, so. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. I'm super yeah, selfish. Same. I watch, like, seven or eight different sports, and I'm now down to watching none, so I want I want my teams back. I want my, I want to watch my, my boys at, at Everton not screw up, because they were just starting to have a really good come up when this all happened, and. Yeah, I, I think we just need sports back. I think it'll help a lot of people uh, feel a little bit more normal. Carl, you have anything to do? Oh, well, obviously, I don't want to be selfish. Like, these times are hard, so you really should be just following the orders of stay in place and stay at home. But allowing sports to start playing without fans will lift a lot of spirits. So I, I would say I would want sports to start playing again. Mike, any thoughts from you? The selfish response is that you want sports, but I think, it, like Carl said, it's good for the spirits. It's good to lift everybody up. I also don't have a heck of a lot of faith in the fact that we'll be returning to fandom anytime soon, or at least like a full, you know, packed 40, 50, you know, 100,000 people at a sporting event anytime soon. So I'd rather get us get the ball rolling on either fan or like an adjusted fan experience. And then that'll kind of get people more used to it. It, it might actually ruin a little bit of the, the in-game once it comes back because people will become used to it. But it's the future, right? It, it's what we're going to have to deal with from now on. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to say get sports back as soon as you can. Give them, like, a few weeks to get back in shape and then get the ball rolling. I agree wholeheartedly. And I think it's, again, selfish. I, I would love to be able to watch live sports and, and something new. And I know for me personally, the Mets, for example, obviously I miss watching the Mets every day. The Mets TV station SMY 
plays like these Mets classic games. And unfortunately, there's not many Mets classics. So they're playing pretty much the same. Uh, five a, Mets, games. a Mets classic is a random win, like in 2009. It's like, oh, they it's were like, down by three runs. Right. It's like, oh, we beat the Phillies. <laughs> they were down by two in the eighth. And they, uh... that's actually exactly right. So I'm kind of sick of watching the same five games over and over again. So I would like to actually have something new. Hopefully, they're proposing baseball. And I know some other sports potentially will be coming back at some point in June or July. So that's welcome news. So that will wrap things up for our sports discussion today. Going to give everyone, as usual, our one-line send-off, if you will. So everyone, again, come up with a little piece of advice as we leave here, or just a, a little nice, encouraging message to our wonderful listeners. So, Carl, we'll start with you. Any parting words today? It's nice as fuck out. I hope everyone gets a chance to go outside. Don't forget your mask and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Nice. Uh, Pat, to you. Reed, get outside. Um, I somehow ended up breaking the end of this grenade coffee mug. It just broke off, but um, <laughs> but yeah. Get outside. I'm surprised we didn't – I'm proud of us for not crapping on the WNBA at all. Well, actually, that's that's a good thing. I think the WNBA also would be a welcome sport to come back. I would actually probably watch it at this point. Mike, to you, any, any words? Oh, my God. I miss sports so, so, so much. And to your point, I would still not watch the WNBA. Kyle? <laughs> I'm going to be short and sweet. I'm going to shout out all my fan bases. Uh, let's go Yankees. Up the Toffees and Forza Barca. Hopefully we can get sports back soon. 100%. And I understood one of those three things. My closing note is just a personal f*** you to Jeff Wilpon, the owner of the New York Mets, who still <laughs> has not refunded our tickets from April. I, For those of you who don't know, I have a season ticket plan with the Mets. Me and my family have like a 20-30 game plan, and the Mets really don't have much of a good plan to give us tickets back. So I hope that someone comes in and takes your team from you very soon. With that said, that'll do it for episode four of In Conclusion, We Digress. My thanks again to the guys for just a great discussion today. And of course, thanks to all of you at home for listening. We appreciate it. And again, as always, like and share if you guys like what you hear. Pass it along to people who uh, may like it as well. We actually just launched our social media accounts. So please give us a follow if you can. We're on Instagram and Twitter. The Twitter. It's at uh, Twitter is at we underscore, di- uh, underscore digress. Uh, Instagram is in underscore conclusion underscore pod that's correct we will have links to all the socials in the episode description below yes sponsor my only fans and that'll do it please in the meantime get outside stay safe stay healthy and we will catch you guys on the next one peace sponsor. out we See like ya. money <laughs>